Good evening, everyone. Um, and welcome to the people who are new. It's um, really good to see those of you here for the first time. Uh, if, if I haven't said hello to you, please hang back and just introduce yourself before you go. I just love to, it'll take me a while to get names, but you know, I'd like to. So, um, so tonight, um, we're gonna do start with a sitting, which will open with um, a few, you know, like 10 minutes or so of loving kindness practice. Um, and then we're going to transition into kind of open awareness, mindfulness practice. Um, and don't worry if you don't know what I'm referring to yet, because perhaps some of you are meditating for the first time or just haven't done it for very long. Um, all that you'll need to know will be provided along the way, you know. Um, but so like 10 minutes of loving kindness and then transitioning into awareness practice. And um, I think the only thing, I'll say two things to start. One is for those of you who are new to loving kindness practice, um, it's designed to awaken, activate a kind of inherent natural sense of compassion and care and connectedness. Um, but it's very easy to think when you do it that you should be feeling a certain way, like you should be feeling a sense of warmth or connection. But as is the case in all forms of genuine meditation practice, um, expectations or goals are really not only beside the point, but counterproductive, you know? Um, so if you don't feel warmth, um, that's okay feel what there is to feel, you know, don't force anything. Um, as my own teacher once said to me when I said, oh yeah, I should really, I should make myself doing loving kindness. And, you know, um, he actually said, you know, the heart is especially a place that should not be pushed or forced. Um, rather it should just be invited to open, but it needs to open its own time. And perhaps on this given day, or perhaps in this period of your life, the heart feels tight or cold, um, in which case just be with that as it is. And that would be the first step toward allowing it to open eventually, but it may need time, you know, and um, judging it for not responding in the right way will in fact only increase its tightness, you know. Um, so the loving kindness practice will, is what we'll begin with. And then we'll move into awareness practice and I think one of the things that will be interesting to, 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 to investigate is the way in which doing loving kindness practice before awareness might soften the quality of our awareness, um, see if it has you know, any effect there, um, and maybe permit us to be a bit more gentle and accepting with whatever comes up. So softness, gentleness, patience, being with what is as it is. These are the watchwords, you know. So anytime you feel frustration, expectation, um, a certain kind of aggressive desire to make something happen, just note that with gentleness and compassion and see if you can let that energy go. So, um, so please get in a comfortable position 
in which your breath can move freely, a, a position that you feel like you could sit comfortably in for about 30 minutes. And just feel the body sitting here. Bring your awareness to the places where your body is making contact with something that's supporting it, whether that be supporting your buttocks, your legs, your feet, and perhaps your back if you're sitting on a chair or against the wall. Just what are the sensations like where your body is touching something that's supporting its weight? And as you bring your awareness to the places where your body is making contact with something supportive, see if there's some way in which you're holding the body up, supporting yourself unnecessarily, rather than allowing the weight of your body to be held by the ground, by your chair, by your seat. Invite the body to soften and let itself be supported. Let your awareness now open to hear all the sounds in the space around you. And so for those of you who are new to this, this is a kind of open hearing, a hearing that isn't listening for particular sounds. It's not trying to identify sounds, but rather just openly receptive to any and all sounds, including silences that are in your environment. the sounds of voices, the sounds in other rooms, the sounds of your own breath, perhaps. Bring your awareness to your eyes and notice if there's any tension or holding in the eyes. And if so, invite them to soften the tissue and muscle around your eyes. Just allow them to soften and relax. Same with your jaws. Bring your awareness to your jaw muscles. And if you realize you're holding them tight or set in any way, invite those two to soften.
Now, please bring your awareness to your hands. And if you notice any even subtle tension in the muscles of your hands, in the palms of your hands, let that soften. And now please bring your awareness to your belly. And if you feel any holding or tension in the belly, invite that to soften. And it's okay if in any of these spots, the softening is not complete. Soften around whatever tension remains and just let it float there. And now finally, please bring your awareness to the center of your chest where your breastbone or sternum is located. And feel whatever sensations there are in the center of your chest that are associated with the movement of your breath. So even if it's only very slightly, it's likely that your sternum, your chest, your rib cage as a whole is moving a bit as you breathe in and out. So just feel whatever sensations accompany this movement in the center of the chest area. For some of you, the center of the chest will feel tight, even hard. For some of you, it will feel tender and raw. For others, warm and soft. None of these is right or wrong. Just feel what sensations there are, what feelings there are in the sternum area. And notice how those sensations change as you breathe in and out. It's very likely they're not static, not constant, but changing subtly as you breathe. So throughout the course of this loving kindness portion of the meditation, 
please keep part of your awareness, if only a part, on the center of the chest in this way, just feeling the texture of the breath, the sensations of the breath here in your heart space. So please bring to mind now someone in your life for whom you feel deep love, appreciation, and gratitude. Doesn't have to be the person that you love the most. This isn't a competition or ranking in case it feels hard to choose. Just pick someone, anyone among the people you know for whom you feel deep love and gratitude, someone who's been there for you, supported you, cares for you. And please take a moment to reflect on the reasons why this person is coming to mind. What have they meant to you? How how have they been important to you? Why do you feel gratitude for their presence in your life? to bring them as vividly as possible to mind. Do whatever helps you feel their presence most powerfully. For some of you that might be visualizing or picturing them. For some of you, it might be recalling characteristic ways in which they behaved around you or towards you. Or perhaps they'll be remembering the kinds of things they said to you. And for others, it may be their scent or the feel of their body when you hugged or held each other. And now having brought this person to mind, I'm gonna say some lines which I ask you to silently repeat to yourself slowly, directing the sentiments these words express towards the person you're thinking of. And if the words don't feel quite right to you, feel free to substitute words of your own. It's the sentiments that matter, not the exact wording. So towards this person, say, may you be happy.
and wish for this person genuine, deep, authentic happiness. May you be safe. And you might even add, may you be safe from internal and external dangers. The third line is, may you be happy. Now, may you be healthy. I'm sorry. May you be healthy. And finally, may you live with ease. We'll go through those lines once more. Please take your time with them and repeat them a few times if you like. May you be happy. May you be safe. May you be healthy. And may you live with ease. So for this second phase of this practice, we're gonna direct these sentiments towards ourselves. And it can sometimes be useful to picture yourself as the object of your own meditation. You might picture yourself as you are now. Some people find it very powerful and effective to picture themselves as they were when they were younger an open, vulnerable child, or even infant. Feel free to picture yourself at whatever age and condition feels most natural to you. And now directing these lines to ourselves, may I be happy. May I be safe.
May I be healthy. And may I live with ease. And remember, if you're not feeling particularly kind or compassionate to yourself, please just be okay with that. And perhaps let that very hardness of heart or coldness be a provocation to further compassion. Let's do those lines one more time. May I be happy. May I be safe. May I be healthy. And may I live with ease. The traditional final phase of this practice is to direct these sentiments to all beings. And if that feels natural and okay to you, please do that. But if that feels hard to even imagine, pick a smaller group. You might pick just the people in this call, in the sitting with you tonight, or just a small group of people who you know. But just the point is to direct these feelings to a larger group than just one other person or yourself. So may all beings be happy. May all beings be safe. May all beings be healthy. And may all beings live with ease. One final time, repeating these lines, 
Keeping part of your awareness in the center of the chest, feeling the breath there. May all beings be happy. May all beings be safe. May all beings be healthy. And may all beings live with ease. And for the next few moments, please just continue feeling the breath in the center of the chest. If following the breath in the center of the chest feels good to you, keep your awareness there. But if you prefer to move your awareness to the breath in the nose or the breath in the belly, feel free to move your awareness to one of those spots. Or you might like to follow the breath just as it enters and exits the whole body, feeling it in the nose, chest and belly. Just follow the breath in some way, feeling the texture, the grain of the sensations of the breath wherever you choose to follow it. And while you continue following the breath, include in your awareness the sounds in your environment, just as we did at the beginning. So you're feeling the breath, but you are also open to all the sounds around you. At first, it may be difficult to hold both sounds and breath in awareness at the same time in which case you can gently toggle back and forth.
But once in a while, see if you can hold breath and sounds at once in awareness. And with practice, it will become easier and easier to do. And when anything like thoughts or emotions or sensations distract you from your anchors of sound and breath, just gently notice that you've been carried away. Pause for a moment and return to hearing and to following the breath. If a particular thought that pulls you away has a lot of emotional charge, if it's a thought that really hooks you, it can help to label the thought by just repeating it verbatim, saying, having a thought and just repeating what that thought is. Such as having a thought, I can't do this. Repeating it gives us a bit of space from the thought and also helps us understand better what kinds of thoughts are distracting us. And then once you label, return to breath and sound.
for the last few minutes of this practice session, try adding a few more anchors to the two that you already have. Now, if the two that we're already doing feel like a strain, then just stick with those. But for those of you who feel able to hold two, let's add two more. So please bring your awareness along with sounds and breath to the sensations in your hands. And while you're aware of sounds, breath, and hands, add to that the awareness of the curve of your spine or the sensations in your spine, your posture. And perhaps add just one final one, which is sensations of your buttocks making contact with your seat. Can you hold all five of those anchors simultaneously? Sounds, breath, hands, posture, and buttocks. At first, it'll be tempting to strain to try to get them all together, but the only way to actually feel all of them simultaneously is to relax all effort and just open your awareness. And for the final minute of this practice, please just come back to the breath and sounds if you like. And just enjoy sitting here, just being. Okay, that's good for tonight. So just have, um, I don't know, 
I'll give everyone a second and then I'll start speaking. Okay, so um, uh, John, can you hear this okay? Okay, great. Okay, so um, if anyone in the room would like to speak for the sake of the people who are remote, I'll pass this to you. So please, you know, just raise your hand or call, call for my attention, but then I'll get the microphone to you, okay? Um, so I have a, you know, it's kind of a, a, a topic that I want to touch on, but it's actually as much to hear what you all have to say about it as to like say a lot on my own. I mean, so I'm going to just raise it, say a few words, I think. Um, but then I would love to hear what you all think about it and how this thing I'm going to talk about figures into your own relationship to practice and life. Right? And um, so it's about the place in practice, I think the really central place in the practice life of turning to that which makes us uncomfortable. Um, you know, and I think it's, um, and maybe another way of putting it is seeing whatever comes up in our life as our path um, and not thinking that the path is about going only for calm or peace or what feels pleasant, but rather actually, you know, maybe embracing is too, too big a word, but I think maybe it's not. Um, turning toward maybe a more neutral, <laughs> better word, but in any case, not turning away also maybe sometimes as much as we can handle, right? Um, but in any case, like when we're feeling irritation or fear or anxiety, um, to actually see it as an opportunity rather than as an obstacle or something that is ideally to be avoided. Um, and um, it is... I think that moment in one's practice life when one can begin to do that more consistently, I think is an incredibly important turning point. Um, it took me embarrassingly long to get to that point. I mean, I think I, I think I can honestly say for maybe the first 15, 20 years of practice, um, I engaged in a practice as a way of trying to make myself feel more peaceful or calm, you know. Um, and of course, things that were far from that would come up, but I would kind of like tolerate them barely, but really my goal was to get through them, you know. And I think it's really only been the last 10 or so years, I can honestly say that when unpleasant things come up in my life, I actually see them as opportunities. And, and I'm not even making this up, sometimes even as gifts, you know, um, but not all the time. I don't want to go too far, you know, um, but, um, 
but the fact that I can ever say that is kind of amazing to me, you know. Um, and, you know, I love the times when practice and meditation feel peaceful and calm because who doesn't, right? Um, but I've come to realize is actually those times when either sitting or life feels difficult. I know that there's actually the most growth that is possible. Um, and in any case, it's not, I don't even know if it's because it's growth. It's just, that's my life. And I realize that I want to live the life I have. Um, that I think for so long practice was an attempt to live another life, have a life other than the one I had. Um, and I think I learned to appreciate more. And of course, as a work in progress that actually like I have this life and this life has all of this in it. And if I want to live it fully, then it, it means really um, embracing all aspects of it. Um, and I think that's, it's not easy, but um, you know, the more I practice, and especially I think the more I've taught meditation, the more I've come to see that it's actually the techniques are very, very secondary. They're important as you, you know, as you begin to learn. But ultimately, it's about one's attitude towards oneself and one's life. Um, all the most, you know, kind of, you know, best meditation instructions won't do anything if they're being used in order to um, shy away from one's experience. And yet if one is just willing to open to one's experience, whatever it is, I don't even know if you need methods because like that's fundamentally the transformation you're looking for. Um, and of course, I think there are, you know, sort of, technical tricks that can help one open like you know what does it mean to lean into anxiety right um it means like feeling the sensations softening around them noticing what thoughts are involved um it's not just about diving into them and saying yes you know i mean i think there are there are important sort of methods that we can use to help with this but um but ultimately it's just an orientation like that whatever happens is the path of my life. And I want to live this life fully. Um, so, um, and I think, you know, I'm teaching this class on Buddhism and, and American culture, and we're doing a little bit of meditation practice together. And I think it's actually um, how you know, the students in are wonderful, but there are 90 students and I would say like uh, almost all of them have really freely admitted that the last thing they want to do is to feel their anxiety or um, uh, anything else that they decide is what they don't want in their life. And that the, the ultimate thing that a lot of them want is control. You know, actually that is, it's, it's interesting how often the word control has shown up in the students' writings in this class. Um, I think it's really, it's wonderful that they're seeing this, I think, um, but they can sense the uncertainty of the universe of life. I don't think they have an argument with the fact that the world, their own existences are radically uncertain. But I think what they 
are having trouble um, letting go of, and this makes total sense, it's not, it's hardly a, a failing, is that strategy of control that is what most of them have been employing, you know, up till now, to try to get a handle on that uncertainty. Um, so, um, yeah, so this kind of turn towards what we don't want, what we don't want to experience. It just seems so crucial. I just wanted to bring that up and I want to, I guess, open the floor, open the Zoom floor um, for your thoughts about how that, that turn has, has manifested in your own practice, in your own life, and also for how it, how it might land hearing this if you feel like, no. In fact, like, in fact, I don't even like hearing this because what I came to this for is because actually I thought it would give me peace. The last thing I want to hear is that it's partly about opening to the very things I came to this meditation to get away from. So um, I think we're all in different places and we can only be where we are. We have to start exactly where we are. Um, so anyway, I just want to, I would love to hear, and I think it would be wonderful for people to share a little bit of how what I've just said resonates with you, whether in the form of I can relate or I can't, I don't, I, that's, I'm not ready for that. Yeah, thank you, Bernie. That was, that was really, you know, beautiful, <laughs> beautiful little intro you gave to that. And yeah, I, I think for me, actually, I want to give like a personal anecdote, because I think this is very applicable to something I'm going through right now. So yeah, I'm, I'm headed to Taiwan for the year on Friday. And actually, my mom today was asking me, you know, like, how are you feeling? And I surprisingly, I was like, you know what, like, I was expecting to be very nervous, you know, it's a huge change, you know, completely different culture, you know, language is difficult, reading is difficult, um, making new friends. Um, and surprisingly, like, you know, I, I just didn't really feel as nervous as I expected and really not too nervous at all. And I, I think a lot of that had to do with, and I told my mom this, the sense that like the recognition that, you know, like the the challenges that I would face and the difficulties of adjusting to this culture would make me better. And it would like lead to a sense of growth. Um, and, and that, that that's just like a, a really cool shift that I think for me this summer, especially has really just been driven home in my life. And I'm just so thankful for it because, you know, I, I totally operated on a, you know, a life of avoidance. I also, you know, I never wanted to face my anxiety. I never wanted to face like, you know, pain, you know, being ignored by others, not being loved by others. Um, and I think that, yeah, this idea of just like turning towards um, anxiety, turning towards fear, turning towards discomfort for me, it first kind of came to me in um, the ancient Greek philosophy of Stoicism. Um, and just, you know, some of you may not be familiar with it, but just the phrase that really stood out and one of the, the big ideas is um, that the obstacle is the way. Um, and to me that, that was just this, this really cool idea. It was just like, oh, you know, like the things that we, you know, kind of fear and, and, <laughs> and that have, you know, been hindrances or like, at least that I viewed as hindrances in my life, actually, when I went back and reflected on them, I was like, you know what, like these actually made me who I am. And they really led to growth. And, you know, a couple of examples where, you know, I had an injury for a whole year 
that kept me out of um, doing cross country and track, which I loved. And, you know, now I view it as one of the greatest things that ever happened to me because it totally changed my relationship with running. And I just approach it with so much joy now. And, um, and, you know, also, you know, breaking up with my longtime girlfriend um, a few months ago as well. Like I just was extremely difficult and, and, but it's, it's, I've learned the most I ever have in my life. And I, I just view that as one of the biggest gifts in my life as well. And so it's kind of, crazy it sounds crazy to look at these things that are you know extremely painful but you know they really have been gifts and so i think that that's really facilitated my shift towards you know viewing obstacles as the ways you know because i've I've seen how much growth has given me in my own life thank you matthew Maria, um, what really resonated with me was when Bernie said that um, a common theme that he saw among his students was this need and um, compulsion to seek out control in all aspects of our lives here as William students. And I felt like I've realized in the past few months that a lot of the things that have caused me suffering have uh, been created from this desire to control all the aspects of my life and um, kind of choose the life I want as opposed to accept the life I have. And I think I've recognized that control is like impossible and it, it accepting that you don't have it can be very liberating, but at the same time, I'm left feeling lost because suddenly this idea that I have some control and agency over what happens to me has left my life. So I'm, I'm still kind of figuring out what the right way to approach my future living is. Thank you so much, Maria. I, <clears throat> I found that uh, since you, you started this, this conversation that, um, that more frequently, I, I catch myself in one of those those moments when I'm likely to go off in some kind of a, an emotional tailspin, and just recognize uh, recognize it for what it is and step back from it uh, for a minute. And uh, you know, sometimes it's very satisfying when some s- small thing happens that that may have set me off on a um, some kind of a, a overreaction to. To, to distance up myself from it and say, oh yeah, okay, it's I don't have to to uh, to to uh, to fall into that tailspin. Thank you, John. Is there anyone here who would like to say anything? I just want to make sure that there's space for everyone. But Jaden, right? Okay. <laughs> um hi yeah i'm Jaden. my pronouns are he him uh, i've been meditating almost every day for the past couple of years but since i got here on campus i haven't really and i tried yesterday morning and had noticed that i was just having so many different thoughts and i kind of just 
let them come and didn't really try to control them. There was like an impulse to just be like, maybe I should just stop meditating and just go about my day because this isn't like working in quotes. But um, I just kind of let the thoughts come. And after I finished, I realized just how overwhelmed I'd been feeling and exhausted. And it was kind of, I was kind of glad that I did meditate and kind of realized how I was actually feeling because I had just been going about my days lately, not really paying attention. And after that, <laughs> I just decided to go back to sleep and not really show up to my classes that day because I was just feeling so tired. And I think that was really helpful for me because I don't think I would have really been present if I had shown up to my classes feeling exhausted. And so, I don't know, I think like, it's been really helpful for me throughout my life to try to actually be present with whatever I'm feeling and try not to bypass it. Cause that's what's really been helping me feel like more aligned with my mind and my body. Thank you. Can jump in. Um, I definitely have been feeling the way in which the things that we can have the most resistance to and be the most reactive to can um, lead to a lot of growth and kind of be be the heart of practice. Um, and I think. Yeah, I wish I could say, so I'm like seeing that and feeling it in my life now. Um, I wish I could say that it was because I just like embraced it as practice. I think it was more just like I hit a point where resisting was so much work, like so, so exhausting to resist my life as it is. Um and it's honestly just been a big relief to um, kind of be like, okay, well, this is here. Um, like, I'm just going to be with it. So um, yeah, kind of that place of like hitting bottom, just being like, <laughs> I have no more resistance left. I give up. And it's been really wonderful. It's often like that for me too, Louisa. It's not the embracing the gift, like once in a while, sometimes it's just like, I just can't do it anymore. I'm just worn out, you know? Yeah. So thank you for adding that little bit of reality <laughs> to the account. Um, so it's 8.30. I don't want to hold people late, but I, I, I don't know. How is this new format, this new Oprah? Okay. So, and you guys can hear better, right? And over there, that's good. That's great. Because there's so much good stuff that we can all share. I want to make sure it comes through clearly. So, um, so thank you all for being here. Um, and I'm grateful for you and, um, I look forward to seeing you next week. Okay. All right. Oh, no, no. This is what, can we sit for like 30 seconds together before we, I'd like to end with just a bit of silence. So yeah, I almost forgot that. Yeah. This isn't actually a TV show. Okay. Hold on.
All right, my friends. Good night, everyone. Thanks, Bernie. Thanks, Bernie.